Fuelful Warriors, episode 45. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A sacrifice of their being and way of life. We think of 300, we think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. Let's welcome Marine Corps veteran Zachary Bell. He likes the challenge. He likes the, the path least traveled. What's going on, Warriors? Timothy Lawson here, host of Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lost Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. Each and every week, we bring military veterans, athletes, and others that resonate with the idea of being a warrior. We talk about what that means and things that inspire them and uh, the challenges they're facing either in their personal life or professional life. Today's guest is Marine Corps veteran Zachary Bell. Zach and I had a really interesting conversation about uh, the veteran space and specifically nonprofits. So if this is, uh, if that's a subject that you're interested in, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this. Zach is very entertaining, so uh, I know that you're going to uh, understand why he's um, why he was invited onto the show. Lostinentertainment.com is where you can check out more episodes. Uh, of Fuelful Warriors and Lock and Load Java uh, is where you can pick up some coffee with a 10% discount, uh, as Carl's going to explain. So I'll let Carl say a few words, and we'll get on to my interview with Zachary Bell. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk-takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today, and when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockAndLoadJava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. All right, everybody, welcome to uh, another episode of Fuel for Warriors. On the phone with me, on the phone, on the, I, I, always, I don't want to say like on, yeah, I guess on Skype with me. Uh, I always want to say on the phone because it sounds very old school, like radio-ish, but I don't know if the, we can call this a phone. I don't know. On Skype with me, uh, a good friend of mine, Marine Corps veteran, Zachary Bell. Zach, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. It's good to be back. That's right. This is your third installment on Lost Entertainment. You were on Veteran Empire once. You contributed to the One Too Many project with a very powerful story regarding one of your friends. And now you're back here on Fuel for Warriors. Uh, I think uh, I think Miley Cardenas and Steve Skax are the only two people to uh, to have one more appearance than you. Maybe Max from Terminal Lance also, but uh, that's a whole other story. Um, so, Zach, we start every episode with the same question. It sets the tone. What does it mean to be a warrior? Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know. I think it has a lot of definitions, obviously. But I think the biggest thing it means is someone um, who likes the challenge, uh, and likes the, the path least traveled. Um, that's that's what I would say someone is a, what a warrior is to, means to me is because you know, uh, what is it they say? Uh, don't be the first person to do something. Always be the second person because it's easier. <laughs> and, yeah. and to me, uh, to me, a warrior is the guy who's just like guy, gal, whoever's like, I'm going to do this. You know, it's, I know it's hard. I've calculated everything, but I, I'm going to try and push forward and do the best I can with what I got. So, 
So you think a warrior is that first person to do something? Yeah, I think I like um I was thinking about this yesterday. Um and it's kind of a tangent, but like in some ways like who was the first person to um like try spices? You know what I'm saying? And it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of like a dumb joke, but like how do you know what spice was good and like what wasn't poison? You know what I mean? Right. right. So so there's a guy somewhere who's like, dude, try this. And dude died. <laughs> dude died. I mean, technically he's not a warrior, but I just always wonder, like, who's the first person to do that? Like, I'm convinced, like, Wilbur and or like uh, Orville and Wilbur, the Wright brothers. It wasn't like I can't remember which one went up first, but it, he didn't do it out of bravery. Like, the brothers looked at each other, did rock paper scissors shoot, and dude was like, I hope I don't die in this thing we just built. And just like took off, you know, and so that's that's what a word. Someone is like the first one there, and it's just like let's let's go. So yeah, so what you <laughs> what you're telling me is there's some unsung hero that first tried hemlock, who's the reason why we don't put that on our food right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first the first guy who like um, who tried dry ice in a drink and then realized it would <laughs> explode. And he was like, you know, like there's tons of there's tons of things where I'm I was talking to my wife, and I was like, I'm glad there aren't that many firsts lifts in the world. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be that guy. So, Very well. Zach, uh, since the last time that you and I uh, had, t- uh, had really interacted, which may have been about two years ago, we did a panel in Nashville mm-hmm. um, touching on veteran suicide. Uh, we did that with Ralph Randolph. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Devil's Ride, the Devil's Ride. Yeah, right? Devil's Ride. Um, yeah, he's got a new he's got a new company he's running right now. Um, Knockout Firearms. To get some good yeah. stuff. And uh, also in that panel was uh, was Noah Courier from Oscar Mike, who you have been very involved with uh, since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit uh, for those of you that don't know. Oscar Mike is a uh, foundation and a clothing line. Um, that is sort of uh, it is start. Uh, it was founded by a paraplegic uh, marine uh, who is probably one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Uh, and he, Oscar Mike, I think is one of the better organizations in the veteran space. You've gotten involved with them. Tell me what you've been doing with them. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a for-profit apparel company that supports a nonprofit foundation, the Oscar Mike Foundation, which goes to enable um, disabled and paralyzed veterans um, to compete in athletic activities and also give them the training and equipment needed to do that and, you know, outfit their homes and all sorts of different things. But the biggest thing is, you know, it's all-American-made apparel, which is not a lot of. I mean, I think it was 1970, it used to be like 92% of apparel made in America, and this stuff is pulling from the website. Um, 92% of the apparel was made in America, and now that stuff's gone. And so what we're trying to do is trying to reignite that um, American spirit and also sell some good quality clothing that um, has, you know, it's got a little bit of American flair and military attitude, but not too embarrassing is what I like to always say is like, uh, like you could um, have your family members wear it and not be embarrassed and you can wear it anywhere and not look foolish, which is cool. But then there's also supermoto stuff, you know, like, um, like the Uncle Sam we have is an Uncle Sam just covered in tattoos. Yeah. It's the Uncle Slam shirt, and it's actually, like, the number one seller right now. And I think it's cool because I'm literally sketching out my sleeve designs for my tattoo at this moment. Um, so I'm like, 
that's that's me. That's like how I'm gonna go in the grave, just covered yeah. in tats with dressed up with a big tall pine box hat, whatever that is. And um, so the biggest thing that's happened is we've recently um, developed a partnership with um, Dick's Sporting Goods, which Field and Stream also falls under that. And we are now in 50 stores nationwide, the only um, uh, veteran apparel company that's doing that right now. So the only one. So, so I, I like that you mentioned um, that you can wear this stuff and it's not embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we've all seen the overly moto FU I'm a veteran attire come through our Facebook. Of course, I get every ad for for military veteran themed clothing comes through my yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of it's really embarrassing, like you said. And I, I actually hadn't thought of calling it that uh, until you just brought it up. No, it's it's uh, super embarrassing. It's it's one step down from wearing your camis everywhere. But, you know, we're, I'm Marine, you're Marine, and, you know, I'm always amazed by the amount of airmen and soldiers, and I'll just say it, that just happen to only have a clean pair of camis left that day in the airport. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Dude, this is all I had clean. I'm like, that's all you had clean? That's all you had clean. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Plus, they bumped me up to first class. Well, I'm starting to see a trend here. But yeah. a, lot of, a lot of traveling. Like, I'll, I'll be in Philly, I'll be in... I'll be in Philly, uh, not Philly, Pittsburgh this week, and I was in Panama last week. I was in Pittsburgh for that, and it's amazing. Which is, you know, it's fine, but I think it's I think it all stems from people struggling with their identity. Like if I were to break it down psychologically, when you get out of the military, how to associate yourself with the military, and letting people know about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But I just don't have more than two items of flair at any given time. <laughs> that's my rule. Like, if you got a hat, that's one. That's one. You better better choose wisely. And a shirt. But if you got a hat, shirt, and boots, hey, you're done. I'm gonna pull you out of the game. Yeah. See, I I really only rock my veteran status on my shirts. Yeah. That that's pretty much it. And it has to be a well thought design. Um, in fact, one of the, one of the only shirts that, one of the only t-shirts that I have actually paid for in the past four years is an Oscar Mike shirt. Yeah. And it is one that you helped design. Yeah. The, fo- the follow me one. Yeah. And yeah. that one, that one took a long time. Not, not because, uh, well, for a lot of reasons, it's, you know, it's, it's honoring, you know, someone I lost in my last support is very close to me and many others. Um, and we wanted to have the shirt symbolize that but we also wanted to do it in a way to where anyone could wear the shirt for that reason and so you know we're like just make it black up front some three words on the front and just a few words on the back and we're done yeah and um we weren't really sure about how it was going to be received and like people were like to really understand it but it, it just came across as gangbusters um which is that thing of like knowing your audience and stuff and having Having, I don't want to say that, the faith in them to know that they'll they'll come along with you on that journey because they they get it, you know. Yeah, and uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on the show, Zach, is you are one of my favorite people to talk about the veteran space with, um, because uh, you and I are like many veterans that we that are um, that we interact with ha- are have still like are still existing on the on those four years, right? Or on those, I think you did eight. Did you eight? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Technically, because I, 
I tinkered with the idea of going back in the reserves and my IRR. So okay, um, I'll say yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but so many of us served four to eight years, mm-hmm. and and then the years to come are still sort of like attached to that. Uh-huh. You know, like it's all based on the fact that we're a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, you just left uh, a veteran nonprofit. You don't necessarily have to t- talk about them, uh, but I'm interested it's to totally hear. Long. Yeah, they're not getting any. They're getting any love. No. Uh, but, but but my my question is, is sort of in 2000 and going into 2016, you know, we have Team Rubicon, Team Red, Wet, and Blue. We have uh, IVA. Uh, Mission continues. I would say those are other than like the huge heavy hitters. Those are like the big veteran nonprofits that people are paying attention to. Yeah. Other than those, how do you feel about the veteran nonprofit space? Um, yeah, yeah, it's my favorite thing to talk about. I like to talk about this stuff intellectually and doctrinally. Um, and just the place where I was, it's, you know, I was there because, you know, our mission, our ability to continue to do things outpaced our growth, which was my job. My job was to grow it, and I, I did it very well and just outpaced a few things. And I'm fine. I've been able to move on to better sense, but... Um, the biggest thing is, is there are a few, there are those pillars that you mentioned. I mean, Mission Continues is what started me on this path with the fellowship at the nonprofit I was at. And, um, and I called it, I called it, I called it, I called it. First time I met Eric Greitens, I was like, that guy's going to be the president someday. And now he's running for governor of Missouri, uh, which he will win. I don't, I don't think there's a reason he won't. Um, but, um, you, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of interesting because, so I struggle with this idea that I'm making a living off of like this this really short moment in time in my life and how much of my identity I want to attach to that indefinitely. And uh, you know, I've talked to a few people about this too, kinda of feel the same way that the space is kinda of starting to close a little bit and I feel like um the market, if you look at it as a market, is it's kind of becoming cannibalistic in the sense of that People are kind of starting to be more discerning with their do- dollars. Um, big donors, small donors, and every everywhere in between, people are wanting more of a visceral, physical um, return of their investment. And so it's hard because, like, so doing this a while and people have done it longer, like, I'll meet someone who's like, I have this great idea for veterans. And um, they're like, what if we had a group of veterans that just goes on does disaster relief? And we're a team of people, and we call it Team Caesar. Like you know, to take from the Rubicon with Caesar across the Rubicon. It's a joke, but I'll look at that guy. I'll look <laughs> at that guy and be like, "There's, there's, you know, hey, that's a great idea, man. That's that's really great." Um, there's there's already an organization that does that, and he's like, "Oh," and it's the same. It's the same thing every time. Like when he tells someone this, they're like, oh, "I've never heard of it," and I and I'm looking at him like, "You're lying to me." Like you're, I I feel like you have. And like, what's it called? I'm like, Team Rubicon. Oh, oh, that's what they do. And so, I feel like that sums up the veteran world as a whole. Is there's a lot of not mis not misguided. That's not the right word. Um, uninformed individuals who want to help and want to give back. And I don't understand this immediate response to start a nonprofit because people feel like that's easy. I I don't get that. It's really really not. Um, but people do. They're like, I'll just, I'll do my own thing. So there's a lot of things that are going to just close up, and um, it has to happen. It has to happen. The, I mean, we kind of got to clean out 
you know, the three organizations that do, you know, A, the three, or, the ten organizations do B, and then the twenty organizations that do what A, B, and C do together. And so it, it's, it's gotta kind of, uh, eat itself alive a little bit. And there's, there's gonna be the pillars that stay there. Team Rubicon stand there. They've got a great plan. I mean, they've really cornered the market, essentially, with disaster relief and tying that community. Team Red, White, and Blue as well, and the mission continues. And so, but what all of those, for example, have in common is they all know their lanes, but they all know where they intersect at. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And yes. other people don't know that. Other people are like, this is my lane, and I want other lanes, which is stupid because, like, I'm a member of all of those organizations, and, and you are, and most people are too. And so, like, there's always overlap. So there's, like, 100,000 people out there. Each of them probably only has, you know, this is conservative, has the bleed over of like 20% in each thing. So, they, so I don't know who came up with it. I applaud them for doing it. I've always said this, is that you have to know where your, your lanes intersect and how you can build. Because I think it looks bratty, to be honest. People fight over dollars and say, like, well, we're better than them because we do this. All right, because then you're really starting to break down to your donors, like, minute details that aren't that important, but they don't really care about either. They they just want to feel good about the cause they're supporting. Yeah. And they don't want to hear that disaster relief is more important than enabling, you know, than disaster relief is more important internationally than community service nat- nationally, like Michigan continues. So, I mean, that's what they've done well. Like, even with their team run as one, I mean, I, think, I love I it. I think one of the biggest problems with, with, uh, with budding nonprofits, by the way, the veteran space is full. There is yeah. almost no way to the barrier to entry is so high yeah. that being able to start your nonprofit and try to and try to even occupy a lane well enough to where you're going to get a decent part of the market share of donations that you would need to be a seasoned nonprofit executive to be able to pull that off right now. And so I, and there's there's but and this is there's no more first and that's the problem with there being no right. more first is there's no idea that's I mean no there isn't everything there's there's nonprofits that pay for gym memberships Ketchalift there's um the Ketchalift fund which I work with there's um the Simper Five fund which is expanded to the Americas fund which provides emergency just emergency relief to people uh, gives them training equipment there's I heard about an organization that does um, outdoor trips. Um, somewhere like Utah where they just get in four by fours and go out there and hang out. Yeah. Um, uh, Sparta's an organization. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to continue to plug everything I want to say, but like the point remains, <laughs> the point remains is that there's a ton of things out there. And what I tell people is like, so if you, if you really want to do this, so say you really want to do this, what I want you to do is go online, do some research and find out if you're, Nonprofit exists, and no nobody wants to do this. So that's a big thing is nobody wants to do it because you don't want your dream, your baby, to be thrown out with the bathwater. And so if nobody does it because they don't want to be like, hey man, you know this is this is my thing. This you know I don't want to find out about Team Rubicon. I don't want to find out about Mission Continues. I don't find out about so and so. I'm like, well, what if you find out about it? Maybe you could work with them and help them. Well, I want to start my own thing. Well, and I help. think and I think that's what we need to start encouraging people to do is when people when so like all of us are a nonprofit to help tackle veteran homelessness. 
Well, how about you find a local organization that's already doing that or find a local organization that tailors to veterans that isn't doing that and go to them with the idea, and if you can get funding, I'm sure they'll come on board with you. Mm-hmm. And if you if you yourself can't get funding, how are you, how are you? There's a sign right there that starting your own nonprofit probably won't even work, anyways. Yeah, and people and people don't like to hear that either, though, because yep. people believe in the nonprofit space that their cause is enough reason for people to care about it, and it's not. It's it's like it's and there's too many. There's of too them. many. The only cause in the world that anybody will just donate to, like if they ask you in line at Kroger. Is St. Jude, like, and uh, I mean, I, I used to, I've worked there for I even worked there, and like that is a, is a tough place. It's a job I had in the hospital as an intern, an intern like a tech. But um, nobody's going to turn down Jennifer Aniston holding a child with cancer, and that's not to make light of it, but that's the reality of it. Is they don't have to push their their market or their knowledge because everyone wants to support this thing that's happened to people who can't choose this thing that happens to them. So they they own that. And so you go into veteran world and you're like, well, this is, this is supporting veterans. And, you know, I've read enough mission statements and, uh, you know, values and core assessments, whatever people put on their website and sneak a ton of money into stuff that nobody really cares about. And they all sound the same. We want to empower. Empower is a big one I see a lot. Um, enable, a lot of ease. Um, energize. <laughs> I mean, empathize, sympathize. I mean, yeah, it's, that's a, a big one. It's a big one. And, like, you know, then you get the ones – there's always one or two of them that, like, can I swear? Can you swear on this? No. You can swear, oh, a, little you swear a little bit. Somebody's like, we want to make the best F in America possible with veterans. <laughs> like, so there's, there's like, the polar opposites who just, like, say something outlandish and they don't really show their mission. Um, yeah. And so that's that's the tough part of it. What? So what I, what I believe in, and this is what I believe the future is um, as a whole, is uh, moving towards things um, – like uh, uh, social entrepreneurship and um, just, uh, you know, having a company that supports a foundation or a mission. Um, and I think that's the way that people are going to get things done moving forward. Like I I only buy razors from a company because I feel like I don't want to plug anything else, but I only buy razors from a company that supported Mission Continues, right? Yeah. I found out they supported my scholarship. But they send me these razors in the mail, and, you know, every three months I get, like, 12 of them. And it's insanely cheap, but it's high quality. And I'm like, okay, that like, that's genius. Um, um, you know, there's other companies, like Tom's is a big one, Warby Parker, all these different things. And, like, these companies make, make an insane amount of money. Like, the profit margins are insane. But they also do a lot of good things. And so... Um, I'm very interested in developing a type of a social enterprise like Oscar Mike, for example, too. But more importantly for myself, not more importantly, but I would like to have something on my end individually that maybe I start a business that has this own um, social entrepreneurship side to it. You know, one thing, one thing that I've learned, and so, so with one too many, for the past year and a half, I've been battling back and forth on whether or not I, whether or not it should be its own nonprofit. And for the reasons we've described mm-hmm. here, I had decided not to make it a nonprofit. No, I, do, I, I don't be, do it, yeah. Yeah, and... Be a L3C. Look that up. Have you heard of that? Uh, probably it's, not. It's a no. low-profit, limited liability company. Basically, you're a combination of a nonprofit and a for-profit entity. It's You need to do that. Low-profit, low-liability? Low-profit, limited liability company. 
Limited liability. An L3C. So basically, you can like take on donations as a nonprofit and um, be a tax write-off for donations and also make a profit without people dictating every thing that happens to your income. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so that's like exactly what I've been looking for. Zach Rizzo. Yeah, yeah it's, you? you know, it's okay. There's only just like 10% of whatever revenue you make dictated to me for the rest of your life. But um, <laughs> it'd be, it's your fiduciary responsibility. This NBA is really paying off. But so what it really is, <laughs> what it really is, is that, so like if you start a company, nine times out of ten, if you start a for-profit company, you will not make money. Right. So investors like people who do this in the venture capital space, they understand that because you're not making a profit. Now, people get messed up with these ideas of like what profit and money and these different things are. But if you're not making profit, it's because all the profit you're making, you're one fiscal year one of your company is being dumped back into it. Right. And people understand that with a for profit entity. People do not understand that with a nonprofit. You know, like. That you'll be able to, you're going to be able to do as much good as you can, but you've really got to look towards that next year. Because if not, you're done. Then it doesn't matter how much good you did this one year. And so, when people overly and unnecessarily scrutinize companies that, you know, they don't give away as much as they want, as much as they want to with their financials and stuff, I go and look at their, you know, their, um, Taxes and stuff online, I'd be like, well, they didn't because they invested that into their company the next year. So I'm okay with that. But not everybody does that. They don't understand that. So it's that's the thing that's really interesting about it is if you're nonprofit, you're kind of subject to the world and for all your financial decisions you make right, wrong, or indifferent. And it doesn't matter if you're right and wrong because even if you're right, 100% right, did the right thing financially, socially, whatever, there will still be enough people that think you're wrong and just one person out there is enough to damage everything, you know? I mean, look what happened with the Wounded Warrior Project. You know, and their financials, as best I could tell, didn't seem too off. And they gave away 80-some-odd cents of every dollar they had this past year, and they got rid of their CEO and COO. I mean, that's insane. I think, I think uh, and this will be my last point on nonprofit specifically, is um, – so, and this is why I think people need to stop trying to just enter the space of their own idea is people don't realize how even like how nonprofits with a half a million dollar budget are still focusing too much of their time on getting the money for next year because it's, because that's, uh, it's, you know, it's a year, you know, it's a year to year thing. And so like half your time then is still, being spent on surviving and existing and not actually doing what the mission of your organization yeah, is. Yeah, and you're exactly right. Because the majority of not income of capital and funds that a nonprofit has are tied to grants, which are just I mean, they're good and bad. So the good thing is you know how much you're getting, you can you apply for it every year, blah, 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 blah. The bad thing is you don't know if you'll get it every year. So a lot of nonprofits have, like, uh, you know, salary positions tied to them, to grants, which is a dangerous, dangerous practice and one I, I, I don't endorse whatsoever because it, it's, it's bad fiscal sense. So say, you know, I'm a director of nonprofit and I hire you and I'm paying your salary. And I'm like, okay, Tim, you know, this is what you're getting paid. You have this grant. Every year we'll, we'll renew it. Regardless of how good you do, how good I do, how good the company does, Congress, you know, laws could be passed, different things could happen. 
and you would be out of the job and I would be out of an employee. And that that's the thing. So people are always trying to plan for that next year and, you know, trying to score away money and also predict the market of who will come to this event next year. What's, what's, you know, what's our revenue stream here? And most nonprofits don't have dedicated revenue streams of income. So when I see these things like companies that uh, have a for-profit entity, they're tied directly to a foundation like Oscar Mike. I'm like, that's the way you need to do it because you can drive change through capitalism in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just going to run for uh, office right now. So 2020, <laughs> Jack Bell. Bell, Kanye West, Bell West, here we come. Dude, I'm sorry. If you if you run if you ever run for office, you let me know, and Lost Entertainment will donate a little bit of its time to some uh, content creation for I, you. I'll do it. I'll have to. I don't think I would be a president though. I've said I don't know if I've said this to you before, but I could be like a governor of my state because like I love Tennessee, like where I'm from. But say I'm like in the Oval Office and like Mr. President, you know, we just found out, you know. Vermont's cold today. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I just, I just can't care right now. Well, you got to go talk to yeah. Vermont. No, I, I can't because Putin got drunk last night and was messing around with the <laughs> nuclear launch codes. He was Snapchatting <laughs> me pictures of his finger on the button. I've got other things in my mind at the moment, you know. And so that would be, I would probably be like maybe the best or worst person ever. I'd just be like, listen, here's the deal: aliens are real. Um, <laughs> you know, Kim Jong Il is crazy. And uh, the deal we have with the aliens is that we have to give them a firstborn child from every state <laughs> every year. So um, Area 51, totally real. Um, they even filmed Independence Day there. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, <laughs> President Bell out. Like, I would just pull the curtain back. You know, bring Snowden back oh, in. Man. be my tech advisor. All sorts of stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah, go okay. ahead and bring it, on, bring it on home for that one, yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, Veteran Impact Radio Show. You did this for a while yeah. uh, <laughs> with Matthew Odell. Yeah, 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 we did it for a while. Yeah, we're st- we're still doing it technically. Um, um, it's just a War of Roses long divorce thing. No, it's um, it's his thing. So his fiance, uh, yeah, he said her name before, Sandy. Um, she is insanely smart. So I just got my master's in business administration, which is not to seek some type of gratitude, but like, she just got, like, her doctorate in science education. And, like, when I'm around her, I'm just like, dude, I'm, not, I'm just not that smart. I'm just not that smart. Like, she got a degree in teaching science in, like, a way that's beyond my understanding. But um, they were living uh, in town, and um, she got a job at a university in Alabama. And um, he's like, hey, you know, let's go where we got to go. And so he's, he's down there. And uh, we're still trying to actually figure out how to do it, if we could do it again. Because the system we had setting up was that we record, you know, two to four at a time. He would come in town for the day. He's about two hours away. Uh, put some in the can and go. And um, it was fun. Uh, you know, I'm sure. I know one thing. Is it's cool just talking to people, giving them time to tell their story. But yeah, I mean, I think when you tell me we have a podcast and different things like that, it really does. I don't say it opens doors, but people are more open to sharing things with you that they wouldn't. It like fast tracks a friendship or a relationship, I would say. Sure. All right. Questions about the veteran space, sort of a lightning round ish, if you will. Uh, try to try to keep your answers to one yeah. or two minutes. All right. Uh, Twenty two veterans a day ki- uh, killing themselves each day. 
branding this epidemic with the number 22, good or bad for the cause? Okay. Um, I say it's, it's neither, neither, neither nor. Uh, so what is the 22 a day? Instead of came out in 2012, they weren't able to pull all the states. The states with the highest uh, veteran numbers, uh, California and Texas in particular, were left out of the polling. Um, and this is something that happens to data and statistics is that people don't understand the information behind it. So the 22 a day number, um, there's some speculation it could be lower, some speculation it could be higher. So that's the best average they have. Now, honestly, I wouldn't release any type of data when I didn't have such big outliers as states with the largest veteran populations not included in it. But I do know enough to know that there are enough people who take their own lives. So when people talk bad about the 22-a-day thing and say, like, you know, get up, you know, stop doing whatever or trying to name names, if people are saying things like that, I understand it's well-intentioned. But what they don't understand is that for everyone else who isn't in a position to where everyone hears them say things like that, it's kind of giving them a little ownership and making, I don't want to say it's making them feel good, but it's making them feel involved in the community and, and giving back in whatever way they can. And you need to be weary of saying, no, you can't do 22 push-ups or whatever, when to some people, doing 22 push-ups and you know being able to challenge someone or whatever, it's really impactful to them and powerful for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what do you think is the um, – what's the right question here? What What do you think is currently the biggest veteran cause in the space right you now? You know, homelessness and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you can be as broad or as niched as you'd like. I would say uh, trans- transitional stuff. Um I'm amazed. I'm a. I'm not amazed. Uh, it doesn't matter if you did 20 years in or, or four or two, whatever. People uh, always. There's no map to tell you where to go or who to look for. Um, and the other thing I would say is there's. People have to always be careful with uh, pills and and different things like that. Uh, medications you're taking from the VA. Not that the VA is bad or whatever, but I think it's always good to you know double-check on whatever information you're given and be wary of the things that you're taking um, because you, you just never know. So, um, yeah. and like me personally, this is me, living the military lifestyle was when I'm home, I'm going fast and furious and fast and furious, fast and furious because I don't know when tomorrow is. So when I came, when you come back from your first appointment, you're like, oh, that sucked. And so you're partying up, drinking, having a good time. I mean, nothing bad. You're just living life to its fullest. Well, it's I did that, you know, another time, same process. But when I got out, I had to learn to kind of tone things down a little bit. <laughs> and uh, it's it's hard to do that because you get used to living this lifestyle. And I think people just need to be aware of that. Yeah. Uh, if someone came to you saying, uh, I want to, I want to, I, I want to donate money to benefit veterans. Which nonprofit are you directing people to? A uh, boot often? campaign, hands down. Boot campaign. Tell the us about that. The boot campaign was started by some amazing um, ladies in Texas who are the boot girls, our board of directors, and they uh, read the book Lone Survivor, um, got in contact with Marcus, and they said, "Let's do something." And so that's something that's turned into, um, you know, um, selling. Boots to uh, give back to veterans, selling boots, and half of that goes back to giving back to veterans and their families, uh, partnering with other organizations, and just promoting patriotism and doing whatever we can to empower people all over the country. And so the concept is we put people in the boots, obviously, and so now they're like, okay, this is 
this is what it's like to walk in their shoes. And from there, we're able to just do amazing things. Um, I think we, what was the last year was, I think we gave away 83 cents of every dollar of a few million raised. And, um, you know, we're really proud of that. Uh, we're just all about promoting awareness, patriotism, and, you know, we have, we have our financial assistance program, which helps anybody or any different reason. Um, it's it's great to be a part of, and you know, I work with them as part of one of their hero ambassadors. Uh, met them through a friend of mine, and uh, it's just really cool to meet some of the people that I got to meet there. And like, um, there's a friend of mine who's who was blind, and we went hunting, and he was able to shoot an animal. He was able to get an animal just because of night vision goggles and stuff and it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen and uh at the time he was still tra- he was training at that time to climb mount kilimanjaro so i mean it's just an amazing organization very cool zach last two questions of uh we end food for with two questions first one what are some current challenges or a challenge that you're facing either personally or professionally, and what are you doing to better overcome? To, I don't know. It would be best as my wife. She would she'd be able to tell you. It would be more than <laughs> a few. So I think the biggest thing I'm struggling with is uh, personally I would say my, my own identity and how to move that forward as someone where I am now and what I want to be. I think everybody goes through that different times um, just because just finishing school and everything. Um and professionally is I'm I'm still trying to figure out the best path that I want to pursue to be able to continue to be impactful in this space, but also to not be tied directly to it indefinitely. So what I'd say is that maybe I'm looking for more of a role to where I'm going on to a few things as a board of directors member and supporting it that way or you know not being tied directly to the nonprofit mission as much anymore as the way I have been. And just allow me more freedom to work with more organizations as well. And then, you know, what, uh, this is Fuel for Warriors. We've learned about what it means to be a warrior, what challenges you face. So what is your fuel, man? What's getting you up every uh, morning? What's getting me up every morning is my kids hitting me in the head. Um, <laughs> they're insane. They're insane. They, they, uh, you know, they're up every morning by seven, get on the bus at eight, and, you know, we could put them to bed at midnight and they'll wake up at six. I, I don't know. What it is, what it is that gets them going. Um, but aside, aside from that is just trying to, trying to continue to live the best life I can and be a good example for my family and also trying to help anyone at any different level in the military community be like, hey, there's, there's different things going on and you can figure a way out to plug in. Like I, I love to, something I love to do is to, is to tell people about different organizations or different events, things they didn't know about, and then just watch them, like, really dig dig in on that, you know? And watch yeah. them be like, okay, this is where I want to be, this is what I want to do, and then watch how the change happens in their life. That's really cool to see that, so. Yeah, that's great. Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. We are following you on Twitter, at Zachary yeah. Bell. And, yeah, and I, dude, I'm looking forward to working with you again in the future. I know it's going to Yeah, yeah, happen. yeah. yeah. Follow, follow me there for all my anecdotes. They're pretty funny. <laughs> Plenty of rant. Sir, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to head over to lockandloadjava.com using promo code FUELFORWARRIORS for a discount on your purchase. 
Also head over to LawsonEntertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.